This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. The Mighty Clarets visit Goodison Park this coming Friday. The second to last match of the season. James, do you think the sirens are going to be blaring as the boys walk out of the tunnel? Something like that. Yeah, I think they. I think the, that was a terrible siren on my part. Yeah, dude, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, man. <laughs> you know, what? I I kind of decided to wing it, and it didn't go off as planned. But yeah, I I it doesn't really feel like it's needed. Um, it it given the context of where we're at, like this, the hopes of seventh kind of gone. I think everyone's hoping for a good match, and of course, want Everton to win. But like, it's not the type of atmosphere like we would have ex- wanted or needed for the last several games against the bigger side. So I I do expect the sirens to play just because I think it does contribute Mm. to like the atmosphere. But at the same time, you know, it is something that could be run into the ground. I I take it from your boo that you're not in favor of the siren, Alex. Correct. I was being super sarcastic and then you ran with it. So now it's awkward, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah, no, I, I mean, yes, they might. I hope they don't only because, I mean, as right, like you're right, you know, I think, I think obviously we have a fantastic record, like with the sirens going and and at home, but I think that it could definitely be overdone. And so in, in the interest of, of keeping it for that special occasion, um, when hopefully within the next couple of seasons, we can call these teams our rivals as opposed to the big six, um, you know, hopefully we can keep to that and it'll stay special. Yeah, but off of that, like it's almost like you don't want to give them the satisfaction of like that's the big game. It is, but then you use it only against the big six, and it's like, oh well, that's the big six siren, you know. You kind of that's want fair. It to, that's you know fair. what I mean? Yeah, I do actually. I do. So I think like I, I guess we'll see, and it's up to whoever runs the the PA system. It's up to Tony Bellu, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's gonna make the call. Actually, funny, funnily enough, did you see that? This is tangential, but that he's like managing Jezza. Yes, I did. I did actually. It's very cool. Very cool stuff. Good. Good for Jezza. Hopefully, he continues his boxing career. I don't know if anyone. How many of you guys have been listening that long that you'd go back to that episode? But um, that was an interesting one. Our first guest ever, Burnley, coming up should be an interesting game if you look. Uh, but but before we get into the Burnley stuff, we do have, of course. The announcement that Tom Davies has signed a new contract, four-year contract, which will keep him at the club through 2023. Alex, good move for the club. I assume I assume you're on board with that sentiment. Fantastic move for the club. Fantastic move for my wallet. I just got a Tom Davies kit, uh, or actually, hey. let me rephrase that. My girlfriend got me a Tom Davies kit last season, uh, still sporting number 26. Um, nice. Obviously, he still is as well, but point being, uh, yeah, I'm happy, of course. I mean... I feel like the world is kind of chilled out on the prospect of, you know, Tom Davies since his kind of breakthrough a couple years ago. But that just comes with, you know, you, you kind of have like the sophomore slump or we know it really well in American sports, right? Uh, like the NFL and that sort of thing. And he's also just had to face greater competition in the midfield, uh, specifically this season with Andre Gomez. So in reality, he's still 20 years old, which is hard to hard to remember. Really, it's easy to forget how young he is and how how inexperienced he is in general, right? So, fantastic move by the club. Exciting that he's excited about it, obviously, and long may it continue. 
Yeah, I mean, we have 20-year-olds, we have 22, 23-year-olds who have less than, you know, a handful, if any, senior side appearances. So at 20 years old, I don't know exactly what his appearance counts at. It must be in the 40s or 50s now, but youngest ever captain of Everton. I think it's a it's an important important for the club to have kept him and clearly in the contract negotiations, I'm sure I'll get a, a hefty wage hike. And the the vision that Marcel Brands and Marco Silva have for the club going forward, clearly whatever they've expressed to Tom Davies behind closed doors, he's on board with and wants to continue his boyhood club. You do need those like those youth players coming through the system. It's good for the fan base to have someone to get behind, um, even though they we tend to, I feel like, get on his back more often than not. Um, but but overall, a really solid move, and I'm looking forward to seeing his continued development. The next two or three years are like huge for his career, and I expect that starting next season, depending on who we sign in the summer, um, he'll become more and more a part of the picture as a regular squad player. Yeah, I mean, they, they want to trim the squad tremendously, right? So in actuality, he's not going to have as many DMs to to compete with and that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously competition is good, but not always when you're talking about the number of players that we have on our books and specifically even still at Finch Farm. So it'll be it'll be a good season, I think, and it's definitely a huge positive for the club. So let's hop into Burnley visiting Goodison Park. So looking at the form guide for the last six matches, Everton are actually in fourth place in form with 13 points from the last six matches. So 13 points out of 18 possible I think good, ma- good math, uh, quick maths. Um, Burnley is sixth place with 10 points out of the possible 18. So, you know, while we did smash them five to one last time out and, and you never look at Burnley as, as some sort of formidable force home or away, they are in good form overall. And they've had a pretty difficult set of fixtures during that time period, just like we did. Yeah, and they really made things difficult for Manchester City the other day. Of course, a massive game uh, with implications uh, for the title race. Manchester City, of course, scoring that goal that was millimeters over the line, which uh, was was good to see. Thankfully, they were able to pull out that win. But they are one of those sides that that make sure that they're very, very difficult to beat. The 5-1 result on Boxing Day nonwithstanding. And I actually was listening to the football ramble earlier today, and I heard a stat that if you just took the games, you you excluded everything Boxing Day and before that of the season and just included all the games post that, Burnley would be in fifth place. So that's just a testament to you know how good their form has been. And they've only lost like six times since Boxing Day um, and have had some decent wins. And they're going to come in. They're going to have a very clear game plan. They're going to want to concede possession. They're going to look to play a lot of long balls forward, do all those sorts of things. And yeah, just make make it really difficult for us to break them down, which we know, having watched Everton all season, that that those are the games when we tend to struggle most, where our creativity just seems to sputter out and we can't really we struggle to find those those links when the team is so organized and compact to to find like the those pockets of space and the passing back and forth, the one twos, the connection, the rhythm, they're just going to be very disruptive in every way. I, I expect to see that uh, quite a bit on Friday night. And it always is that way for us. Now, last time we played them in December before kind of our terrible form ensued, they were playing a five, three, two. And coincidentally, Everton actually played a three at the back, uh, three, four, three almost. And 
that was probably the only match we played well with three or in other words, five at the back. Now, Burnley have seemed to settled in at a 4-4-2 now. So while they are not necessarily trying to keep it absolutely compact straight across the back with five defenders and make it super difficult for players in that respect, they are going to be, as you said, compact between midfield and defense. It's going to be really hard for our creative players to find space and chances created are going to have to be on a dime, essentially. Yeah, and we know that the games where teams try to pack the midfield area are those games where we we have a really difficult time. Like defensively, okay, you can sit as many men back as you want, but when you don't when you don't concede space in like the twenty five to forty yards out from goal area, that's just basically like a moat <laughs> to use a weird analogy. You know what I mean? Where like you have to get through that area in order to get on goal, and if you can't break through that that space, it becomes really difficult. And despite that their defensive resilience, they actually don't play very well away. Um, they or as far as like not conceding shots, I was looking at some stats from who scored and they concede 19.2 shots per game away from home, which is obviously a ton. And then they only create eight shots per game with roughly like a little under three shots on target per game. So they're going to have probably at least one or two decent chances to score, but they're not any kind of like creative juggernaut where we're going to have to worry about an on offensive onslaught knock on wood as Everton somehow find a way to like get smashed. But you know, they, the, the trends that they've exhibited so far this season would, would point to us being able to create a lot of shots, which we have done a lot this year, but then the, the finishing is where the, the issues start to arise. With all that being said, Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood, both the strikers at Burnley are in pretty good form. But at the same time, Everton have seven clean sheets in the last nine matches. We've had a pretty steady rear guard, specifically in our center back partnership of Michael Keane, who's been in outstanding form, as we keep mentioning, then Kurt Zuma, who I believe all fans are praying stays with the Blues through next season. Or let me rephrase that, the right Blues next season. So I think the question mark kind of falls on how our midfield could shape up. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the back line is pretty set in stone at this point. Mm, John Joe Kenny may be at right back, but that's really not not going to happen with the way that Seamus Coleman's been playing. Even when you look at the midfield, there's really only that one spot that Morgan Schneiderlin has occupied for the last couple games that is really up for debate. I do not see any way that Adrissa Gay or Gilfie Sigurdsson would get off the bench. So in your view, does Morgan retain his place or do you bring in perhaps Tom Davies to take his take his spot? Morgan Schneiderlin has not done anything wrong. Actually, I'd say that he's done quite a bit right for, for coming in, not playing too much and performing as well as he did in the last couple of matches. But I think being at home, knowing we're going to retain a lot of the possession, as you mentioned, Burnley's going to be hard to break down. It would be a positive for you know, a little bit more high energy in the midfield. Now, of course, we've seen Ghana. He's been able to kind of drive the ball forward with Morgan Schneiderlin playing deep. And so we see those qualities and and he's he's capable of doing the same thing, but he's on the back of signing a new four-year contract. He hasn't got nearly as much time this season as, as he's been used to in the last couple of years because of Andre Gomez. So in my opinion, give him the start. I'm on board. It's hard. It's It'd be 
honestly harsh on Morgan Schneiderlin to, to move him to the bench. But like you said, off of the back of the new deal, last home game of the season, give him a run out in front of the home fans. Let him hear those raucous cheers from the Gladys Street one time before the summer break. And also, you know, as you just look at face value, the matchup, um, you would expect that Burnley will do not a ton of, you know, keeping the I expect they'll play a lot of air balls in the air and not try to play too much tiki taka type stuff through the midfield. So is Morgan Schneiderlin's presence sort of as the anchor of the midfield really necessary? I would argue that you probably need more of a creative role um, specifically to try to break down the Burnley defense. And we know that although Morgan Schneiderlin does a lot of things well, yeah, facilitating the ball in offensive areas definitely not amongst those things. So I think I think Tom Davies has the advantage there, and I think it would just kind of make sense all around to, to give him a go. If he doesn't start, then I'd expect to see him come on at some point, uh, hopefully early on in the second half. I think Marco Silva's been leaving subs a little bit late. Depending on what the score is, I could I would love to see Tom come on around the 60-minute mark. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's a good alternative. Furthermore, I think in terms of the forwards, they probably picked themselves, especially since Richarlison was indeed fit. Um, as, as we kind of feared over the last couple of matches, or specifically, sorry, last match. Um, now, one point I wanted to bring up, James. This is our last home match of the season. We only have one more after this Tottenham away at their new stadium. But the reason why I bring this up is because we mentioned on the last show that it's rumored, it's not been confirmed, to my knowledge, that Leighton Baines is getting a one-year contract extension. However, Marco Silva said that they have yet to talk to Phil Jagielka, or, or at least at that point, that was the case. Um, now last match of the season, it's not set in stone. So both of them technically could be walking away in a couple weeks. Do you see a possibility of either one of them featuring on Friday? It's a, that's, that's honestly a tough question. If the game is really competitive and we really need to utilize the subs for tactical purposes, I think it's hard to justify using two subs for a center back and a left back. Leighton Baines, um, I think Leighton Baines is definitely a more certain, more probable uh, year extension given his age and his performances this season. And Jagielka far more likely to to move on um, or retire if he so chooses. It would be a nice sentimental move if we're up 3-0 with 10 minutes to go and we haven't used the subs and we are able to get them on for a standing ovation from, from the Goodison crowd. But it with the limited number of subs, it just doesn't really seem like it's logistically possible, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Let's say in that scenario, we're 3-0 up, we haven't used any subs, and you see Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka warming up, and they do, obviously not together most likely, come onto the pitch for their standing ovation. Do you think that spells the end? Is that is that going to be a really sad moment for most Evertonians? It, it's the end of an era, but like players depart all the time. Phil Jagielka and Leighton Baines, two of the most prominent and I think players that embody Everton the very best that we have in the squad currently. I still wouldn't be shocked if if we see them both around for another year. But yeah, if we do if he does decide to make that kind of seemingly, you know, random almost substitutions, not random, but unnecessary substitutions, then maybe it is a hint at something be- something going on um, that hasn't yet been announced. But at the same time, it, j- it doesn't seem like that's it's the type of situation where you go for like the sentimental move. If again, if, if the context allows it, then it'd be a nice gesture. But 
I, I, I'd be very surprised if that, that plays out, but maybe Alex, maybe you're onto something and maybe you're going to pr- be predicting the future. Who knows? I really hope not. I mean, I want him to stay. I've been saying that for a solid year now. Yeah. And I'm on record as Bane stay. Jags can, can, I'm, I'm kind of apathetic. Um, I really don't see him getting any better with age and at, he'll be like what, 37 next year. So that's really, really pushing it even for a player who is as, as skilled and has done so much good service for the club. It just doesn't seem like the type of thing that happens in soccer. You know, it's like something you might do in like basketball because you have unlimited subs when it's not so, so regulated or maintained, it's easy to do those sorts of things. But the, the token substitution for a round of applause, um, they could just as easily like do a lap after the match, right? That's true. But we'll see. We'll see what Marco has up his sleeve. Um, I guess that sort of, I don't really have too much else to discuss as far as the game. I guess we didn't do score predictions for Crystal Palace, which is probably a good thing because I think we both would have been <laughs> off the mark. But um, just for the sake of only two games left, only two score predictions remaining, I'm sure that our record is absolutely abysmal so um <laughs> on that note alex i'll throw it to you first for a score prediction i'm gonna go two nil to everton uh, burnley don't score enough goals yes they've got the height but we've 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 definitely been able to solidify our set piece defense otherwise i think richarlison will be hungry for another overhead uh goal and maybe luca dean from a from a from a free kick to just put him on five goals to the season I like that pick. It's interesting, actually, that you you bring up the hunger aspect because what are the, what's the team really playing for at this point? Are they going to be able to maintain that hunger? Are they going to be able to look aggressive and and do all the things that we've seen? You know, when when the carrot of seventh place is dangling in front of you, it's a little bit easier to get up and get motivated. But at the same time, professionals all around, and I expect us to come out fighting. And on that note, I do expect um, us to win, but I think it's going to be a very hard fought and probably pretty dull game with the results. I'm going to predict a 1-0 win for the Toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.